On dispensers of pets, going out at the cons, Renaissance fest, watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a trekkie, eh, sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Listen up, fanboys! It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast, and here's your host, the leader of SEAL Team Six, Derek McCaw. I have all their albums. You weren't supposed to say anything. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, I meant my six, good friend Dwayne Johnson SEAL is going team. to have to uh, take you down. Let me tweet him right now. Is he going to punch me in the badoobies? Absolutely. Oh, geez. okay, and then butter. Uh, this is... Hopefully he'll do it fast and furiously. Absolutely, five times. Uh, this is the Fanboy Planet Podcast. We you are know podcasting from Elusive Comics and Games, 2725 El Camino Real Suite 104, Santa Clara, California. And yes, I do know what day it is, Lon. It is Wednesday, May 4th. Star Wars Day. Star Wars Day. May the 4th? Together, we I, I, no, I'm just, no, we're going to let you do it. By now... I am so tired, tired of, of Facebook updates saying that. Everybody going, oh, that's I'm so, so sorry I did that no, to you. No, it's all right. It's okay. It's just I saw a lot of that today. Yeah. So tell me why. Because in all this... He's the man. I don't remember why this is officially Star Wars Day. You don't? It's it's just May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. May the 4th be with you. That's why. May the 4th, May the 4th is Star Wars Day. It's like somebody with a lisp telling you... All right, people. The, may the fourth be with this you. This conversation is dedicated to Michelle Saman uh, yeah. because he would be the one who's like, "How could you not know that?" Yes. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So today they. So you, you didn't realize that that was the key to make it make it Star Wars Day. I really didn't. I thought okay. there was some significance to Star Wars history. I can see why you'd be annoyed by it. Then. I, well, well I, Wars, I got the pun. Okay. I just didn't get Star the, Wars was released in May. That's true. Of I recall 1977. that. Yes, May 23rd, I think. Sure. So May and Star Only Wars kind of 24 days have after May the 4th. 24 that, days? No, that, that would be the May no, 28th. That no. wasn't good no. math on your part. No. And you're an yeah. engineer. I don't understand. No. Go I'm, back to Padawan school. Okay, anyway, point yeah. is that they then use today to release information on the Blu-rays. Well, it's kind of like how, you know how the hippies kind of took over, not hippies, the stoners took over 420? Nobody really declared that stoner day except the stoners. And then everybody else. So all the sci-fi nerds took over May 4th. It's kind of like St. Patrick's Day for stoners, though. You know, it's okay. like what? it's like the people Star Wars who, Day is? No, 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 no. It's 420. <laughs> what shall we drink? Well, how, I, how many times are we going to pop this out, right? I don't know. Um, it's, it's, uh, you know 420 Day was just, it's it was with the stoners. Then it became very po- I mean, popularized, and like G4 did a whole day well, on it. Well, uh, the point well, is that they saying. used today, Lucasfilm used today to announce the all the, the content of the Blu-ray DVD. So Lucasfilm has now accepted it. Well, they are yeah. making it official. Or it's just an incredible in coincidence. Fact, so now it is fact, officially Star Wars Day. Uh, the verb I would use would not be accept so much as co-opted. Or ah, capitalized on capitalized. it. Brilliant. Yes. Uh, so the Blu-ray DVDs, has anything uh, surprising to you on that? Uh, the not list of things that are there? Not one thing. In not fact, a little disappointing thing. because we still will not ever... Ever, ever versions? get to see the original theatrical version? I, I saw them. 
Weren't well, they? but my well, children ever again. Won't. Oh, you want to you want to borrow? Oh, I get my laserdisc player back. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I've got them on laserdisc. That's the only way they came out. I have height. a laserdisc player. There you go. I shall take that out of the garage and move that to a hey. Is that your location? Is that your leg in a boot right there? What? I don't see a leg in your your a boot leg. Is that your boot? No, no. Oh, okay. No. Those are nice boots, then. By the no, way, no. I'd like. Hey, do you have a Lylon good cheap nice boots? Uh, anyway. I, I can get you some. Books, okay. Yeah. Anyway, so let's talk comics because I, I really feel the Blu-ray Star Wars thing. While is it going to include the deleted footage they leaked at that one? Uh, they yeah, they yes. said it. They said it will. So yeah, uh, it's going to have deleted footage. It's like two two discs of the Blu-ray. And, or and you know what? I, and I hate to say I'm I'm a little uh, the disappointment I said, uh, thought was that all three of the original trilogy, though it's the special editions, will uh, have cast commentary, but taken from interviews at the time. Yeah, that's and I would really much rather. Retrospective. I would like, or or at least give me a Blu-ray feature where I can download Carrie Fisher getting completely loaded and commenting throughout. <laughs> the uh, boozed up commentary. I think that's Jedi. an Easter egg. If you right. could sync up uh, wishful drinking right. with Star Wars, uh, uh, you know, then I would I would be excited beyond all belief. What you um, can't see right now is what Harrison's doing behind. Well, the, you know. I, know, I know you couldn't get Harrison Ford to sit down for one, but you might get Hamill to, and it'd yeah. be interesting. What are you talking about? Hamill's begging for one. Yeah, Come on. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and I would think at this point, they, should he's owed one. I mean, he's, people, yeah. fans would love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Lucas doesn't own the rights to that already. Doesn't own the no, rights he does. to Star Wars? I, yeah. No, he doesn't own the rights to any new commentary they oh, might generate. Oh, I see what you're saying. So he yeah. can just use archive stuff yeah, that's that true. he already owns that's the rights true. to. Well, are we that cynical, Rick? Oh, we, yeah. Yes, we are. <laughs> With respect to Star Wars? Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk comics. Speaking of cynicism. Uh, there was a controversy so big last week that potential presidential candidate 2012, Mike Huckabee, had to comment on Fox News about it. What? Last week, Action Comics number 900, an oversized issue, I believe it was 4.99 on the stands. Yes. And by the way, the culmination of a year-long great run by Paul Cornell, uh, featuring Lex Luthor and Superman returned to Metropolis, confronted Lex Luthor. Uh, Lex Luthor became God. What? But that wasn't the controversy. <laughs> the controversy was that for the anniversary, they did a series of backup stories by writers that have some uh, affiliation with Superman, including there's a story by Richard Donner, which was done sort of in storyboard form, and I found it kind of unreadable. But yeah. um, well, let me guess for a second. This is Huckabee, right? So it's got to be uh, a very important issue. I'm going to guess Superman wasn't wearing a flag pin. You were very close. Okay. Or Superman used to be uh, morbidly obese and he lost a lot of weight. Yeah, no. that bother Huckabee. Oh, okay. No, no. Yeah. Uh, no uh, Superman s- plays bass guitar. Probably, oh, and okay. he'd be awesome. Right. Worse, he'd be super. Mm. But uh, anyway, no. David S. Goyer, who is the screenwriter of the upcoming Zack Snyder Superman film, and gl- which I think officially called The Man of Steel, and mm-hmm. the writer of Batman Begins, Blade, uh, the Blade Trilogy, uh, and uh, the, and the Dark Knight oh. and the upcoming Dark Knight Rises. So he's got some so cred. He's got some cred, and he was one of the guys he uh, relaunched JSA with uh, Jeff Johns. Didn't he also do a uh, Flash Forward? Flash. Oh Flash. yes, yes, he did show? work on Flash Forward, the TV oh. show. He wrote a little story in which Superman uh, was accosted by the uh, chief of staff for the White House. Was it Rummy? No, oh. I can't. they they made it some fictional person. Uh, but not in a fictional situation. He had gone to a protest in Iraq, 
and stood in the middle of the town square for 24 hours just in sort of a passive resistance so that the uh, the authorities could not shoot any of the protesters. And so the chief of staff was saying this is going to be a conflict with American interests. You may have done some damage. And so Superman renounced his American citizenship. Wait a minute. Isn't that basically what we did in Libya, though? Weren't there a bunch of protesters? Yeah, but that was that – was, that was, that was a government action, not the action of an individual. Right. And so he said the truth, justice, in the American way just doesn't cut it anymore. It's not big enough. He needs to be thinking on a global scale. And then he walked away, and that's where the story ended. But that's not where the story ended because everybody on a slow news day – bear in mind that this was four days before we actually killed Osama bin Laden. Yeah. Um, that uh, and Seth Meyers once, killed at the White once House again, press Once again, the news, news, news happens right after we yes, do exactly. the podcast. Exactly. Thanks. Thanks, Obama. Anyway, um, so this was all over the place. People commenting left and right. And I didn't even think about the controversy. I just went, eh, that's just kind of dumb. Yeah. And then uh, – That's kind of a dumb story though too. It was. And it, it, so I – For Goyer to even go there. And it's it's one of the funny things too because you? people have, a, have dual, dual citizenships, right? Mm-hmm. So – um, but we've also got Clark Kent, right? He's still mm-hmm. an American citizen. Well, right, and they don't right? know who he is. Right, but also, so too, isn't he's like still got all the benefits of being an American citizen. But also, at the core of the character, isn't the whole point of why he's so good is because of his Midwestern American values? I'm going to go with that. This is where, um, if I may get yeah. on a soapbox for a moment, is I think that Goyer missed the point of Superman. And what the American way is supposed to stand for. It is an ideal. We may not live up to that ideal as a nation from time to time. But, but what we all the, carry it with us. But what the ideal stands for is much bigger than we are capable of doing. And Superman it's is a representation a pol- of that. It's not a political ideal. It's not. It's a decency ideal. Right. It's a human ideal. And to say in a snit because he's getting slapped on the wrist by the chief of staff. Oh, that's because the conservatives are continually redefining what things mean. Yeah. Well, and the, and it, which is an, I think that to a character like Superman, and especially while the Straczynski grounded run was going on in Superman, in which Superman is trying to reconnect with the American people and the American way, and you do that story. Now, DC did release a press release the next day saying, we're not really going to refer back to that. It was a one-off by Goyer, more of a sense of what might be coming in Man of Steel as far as a, as far as a worldview. But the whole thing is like Straczynski's run on Grounded, or the run is called Grounded on Superman, yeah. has made me really think. And you know, he has defined issues of what it means to be an American, what what it means to be the best of what it means to be an American, and for Goyer to kind of just throw it away casually. I mean, he's a fine writer, I, except um, you know, I saw the Last Blade film. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> well, it also begs the the for asking that basically he's Superman, and I mean. He's saved the universe. He's been involved. He's a in visitor intergal- from another planet. But he's also been involved with intergalactic conflict. He's been involved with something entirely more huge than just a simple he squabble just of Earth the US, He saves the world, right? Yeah. So for him to all of a sudden come to this like nationalism or something just doesn't make or any it turns sense. back on national. Turns back on national. Yeah. So it's like it's almost disappointing that he'd rise to the bait there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you'd expect I, him to be smarter and better than somebody yeah. who would be small and petty. So, so there we go. The fanboy planet opinion, Superman should be a real American, and we should be trying to live up to what Superman's definition of a real Mar- American is. As now, what would be funny is if that guy asked him to see his birth certificate, Yeah, then that's a different story. <laughs> that would have been a sense that's of humor. Yeah. And uh, on a personal note, hey, Bill, 
that was my hate speech for this week. So Bill doesn't listen anymore. Bill Buster? No, he does. He does. He doesn't he does. write me. He's always writing. No, he doesn't so, write you. He writes so you, us. Who are you going to hate oh. next week? Who are you yeah. going to put the hate on next week? So who are you hating this week? Go ahead. Conservative. I made a negative okay, conservative. Oh, I, I, right. I sort of, I see. Wow. Okay, well, I don't want to take a political stance. I really yeah. went out. I really want to get Ethan Van Skyver on this. Because Ethan Van Skyver and I agree on this issue because he posted that on, on uh, I think, Comic Book Resources interviewed him about it. And I went, wow. You know, because he's, he's very, very conservative, right wing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love his art. Uh, and I had to post on his Facebook that I don't always agree with you, but right there you nailed it on the head. That is absolutely uh, – I can separate the politics from the artist. And in this case, nope, politics and artist, one thing. I am totally on board with him. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So and I'm still sucking up because, boy, I want to see his plastic man. Uh, so Is that like a euphemism for something? No, no. I mean, oh, he really okay. wants to do a plastic oh. man series. Um, oh, gotcha. So uh, anyway, um, blah, blah, blah. so, uh, so th- and then uh, DC revived this week. Let's stay on DC for a moment. We're going to stay pretty mainstream uh, in their ongoing series of odd choices for reprints on hundred page super page uh, hundred page spectaculars. Son of Superman, a gra- a, a mini series from what did we say twelve years ago? Yeah, by- Superman had a son. Well, oh, it's, it's an that Brian Singer movie. It's an Elseworlds. Oh, let's not talk about the Brian oh, Singer movie. No, yeah. Yeah. it's an Elseworlds by. And the reason I think it's worth noting is because I'm sure that the um, royalties will go to people we know and like that have been on the podcast. So Keith Champagne, Howard Ch- Chaikin, oh. and David Tishman. Oh, Tishman. T- Tishman uh, co-wrote this with art by J. H. Williams and Mick Gray. So um, oh, okay. Congrats, Mick. But I'm going to say, uh, Rick and I were, were no, we've read this miniseries. Yeah, and we have. I was flipping through no it. No recollection of it whatsoever. It looks familiar, but I can't remember the storyline at all. And I so. think that's probably just, it's the Elseworld stuff. And That's why they're reprinting it. I guess. Yeah. Nobody appreciated it. I'm always thinking, because last week they did the Night Force uh, 100 Paces Spectacular, and we were like, okay, does that mean there's going to be a Night Force revival very soon? Worse, the 100 Page Super Spectacular ended on a cliffhanger. They didn't reprint the mm. whole storyline. You had to tell me that this week after I bought it. After oh, yes, because I'm last no fool. I'm trying to help you support Anna. There you I'm go. I'm trying to help Anna here at Elusive. Uh, so I'm keeping the lights on interesting. here. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to go over to Marvel because something odd. Oh, happened. we're done with that. Son well, of Superman, the, I, there's nothing much to say except I think was it any good? I recall it being good, but that's all I can tell you. I just like to I hear. I, I, it's kind of interesting. They're doing so many of these DC Comics presents, um, the bigger ones, hundred page spectacular ones. at seven ninety nine a pop. And is there an editorial plan here? Is this is this meant to be uh, supporting other things that are coming out in the regular magazine? Actually, I would say something. I, I think are they just my suspicion in? would be. Uh, that it was announced this week. Now that I think Can about it, you reach it. behind you and grab that one. Um, Sorry, I know. awkwardly I'm talking. Why don't oh, you okay, move? you finish it. Go ahead. Um, why don't you reach? Okay, I'll go. I'm gonna okay. call. I'm gonna go. Hold on. Okay. Anyway, uh, quietly. Oh my God! You just snapped my collarbone. Okay. I Jeez. got it. I got it. The full force of oh, now. That's an even bigger super spectacular. That's why I wanted you to A grab Green it. Green Lantern super spectacular for how much? Ten nine ninety nine. Holy moly. Oh. Uh, with several stories, are they from current things? So it's um, Secret Origin by Jeff Johns and Ivan Rice, alienated by Jeff Johns and Ethan Van Skyver. A lot of merchandising in there. Flight by Jeff Johns and, it's and a mag- Darwin Cook. It's like magazine, it's magazine style. style. Yeah, yeah. This is probably showing up at a Walmart. I'm not terribly impressed with the cover. 
Well, it's an old cover. It's an old from, cover, and it's close uh, up, but it's just time. Looks to like Gene right. Colon, but not get people excited. And I was going, and I'm going to throw out to you guys here on the air is that that thing I did for Thor this week on the website, the um, from the from the screen to the, the comments, reader, whatever reading you call list, it, uh, the reading list is. I, I I would like to have that as a regular feature for us as we've got things coming up. So if you have suggestions for Green Lantern oh. for trades that people can pick up, and more importantly, order from Amazon because. Fanboy Planet's got to, you know, we've got to make a little... Order, uh, order it off the links uh, on the site. Yeah. Sorry, order it off the links on the site because uh, from Amazon. we get a spiff back from Amazon yeah. on the ones that you yes. so I Big wanna, secret there, folks. So I want to do a, a, you know, one for Green Lantern, want to do one for Captain America, yeah. certainly one for X-Men First Class. Not only that, if you go into Amazon through those links and you buy a bunch of stuff, then we get a kickback for everything you buy. It's weird, but possible, yes. I think it's true. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's possible. It's complicated. It's yeah. not that simple. But okay. anyway, but the links that I provide, absolutely, we get a kickback yep. from those. So um, anyway, so we're looking at that. Yes, good tie-in coming from that Green Lantern Spectacular. The Son of Superman, here's the connection I suddenly realized looking through through it. The uniform that Superman wears in that as an older Superman ties in with how he appears in Batman Beyond. And oh. DC did announce that they're going to do a Superman Beyond. Okay. So there'll be a companion book to the really rocking Batman Beyond book that they Oh, so they they're going to they're not going to do a animated series. No, no, no. They're it's gonna, a comic book. It, they're going to do Superman Bat- Beyond in the same time frame as yes, Batman. Batman Beyond. Beyond is now in is now a, an ongoing cool. series which is kind of tied into continuity. Five issues in. Uh, five issues in. Well, there was a six issue miniseries last year which was really good. Yeah. And then five issues in. Has that been traded? Yes. Okay. And I think that also includes the appearance in Superman Batman Annual. That included Superman Beyond. Cool. So um, it's, uh, but it's still going to be Superman. It's not going to be like a younger, no, it's future yeah, version. Yeah, I, think, I, I think you're, you're right. Boring. But I think but in Son of Superman, that's cool, though, the original you got Superman the is there too, Superman, as an older character. Yeah. So, and they're doing. I think it's Adam Beach and is still writing the Batman Beyond, in which he's trying very carefully to make it seem like it's the animated continuity. But there are hard and fast references to what's been going on in DC continuity, uh-huh. so it's it's straddling the line really well. It can be either way, and I and I think it's just a really fun series for a character that I, I don't think Warner Brothers quite realized what they had let Bruce Tim create, because again, I see with kids, Batman Beyond resonates almost better than the regular Batman because Terry McGinnis is younger. And he's more up he's to date. He's, yeah. he's futuristic. Yeah. Now, do you bring in the Time Masters or Booster Gold or anything into that? That'd be cool. We'll see. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Plus, let's Batman Beyond does what kids do with their Batman toys anyway. You know what I mean? They make him fly around. They make him do all this futuristic yeah. You know, what He I mean? is a Batman that flies. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's yep. true. Um, so let me switch over to Marvel because I did something that I rarely do, and that is actually buy a Marvel book today. Um there is a disturbance in the force. There is. You felt that, didn't you? I did. Well, that's that's called May fifth. Uh, so um, that Moon Knight is getting its umpteenth revival. Lon, you're not a Moon Knight fan. Which? Why? I thought you were, <laughs> weren't you? No, I hate Moon Knight. Why do you hate Moon Knight? Because he's the stupidest character in the Marvel universe. He's Marvel. He goes Batman. out in the dark of night wearing bright white. Yeah. Yeah, that's smart. He's that's the good. fist of Conchu, man. Yeah, he's the fist of something else, if you know what Okay, I, mean. I don't. And Rick, uh, your opinion? I enjoyed this, the original series, the one that Bill Sinkovich did, yeah. and back when he drew like a regular human being. Um, or like Neil Adams. Yeah, like yeah. Neil Adams. And uh, actually, it was a series Debbie and I both read at the same time. She was really into The lovely Mrs. Brett Schneider yes. indeed enjoyed so, um, mm. I'm more into Night Wolf. 
That was I like uh, Werewolf yeah. by Night. Either way, or, no, or he's just being okay. Uh, so yeah, I, I enjoyed that, and almost every revival since has taken it down a peg as far as being. What made Moon Knight so awesome? I think that Marvel has treated Moon Knight as being kind of like their Batman. He was kind of like a cross between Batman and uh, Green Hornet. And Catherine Zeta-Jones, because and, apparently he's and, bipolar, right? And the Seven Faces of Eve. He is actually uh, three, faces of Eve. three Faces he's of Eve. He's actually um, seven faces of Dr. multiple Lowe. personality disorder. Uh, that's the Circus of Dr. Lau. Circle. Uh, but try the Seven Faces of, of Dr. Lau, yes. Um, that uh, It's multiple personality disorder. That's not schizophrenic. That's a different... Yeah, uh, I'm uh, just saying. Anyway, uh, yeah. That, uh, he, he he's had cuckoo th- for Cocoa Puffs. He had three secret identities, and then they became split personalities. Wait, isn't no. that like the new Wonder Woman show? Isn't she going to have three... She's per- going to have three personalities Great. as well. Uh, but I think Wonder Woman's going to have three personas. That's different. Oh, uh, or persona, personae. And uh, so Brian Michael Bendis is a big Moon Knight fan, and so he's been given the revival. Why this is worth taking a look is that it's Bendis... Uh, yeah, who's had his ups and downs, but he's on and up again. Um, I've been reading his Scarlet, his creator own book with Alex Maleev mm. uh, about uh, starting a revolution in Portland. And it's it's really good. Um, it's been quality, no question there. And he's that, got- sh- that comic is so over. Comic is so over. Okay? Thank you, Portlandia. Yeah. <laughs> yes, okay. Um, and But he's got this, he's still with Alex Maleev on Moon Knight. And so this is the team that had worked on uh, Daredevil. Uh, way back when that Bendis made his name, right. doing it. so now they're working their magic on on Moon Knight. Maliv is using a new uh, or a different art style. He's not as kind of uh, you know he's not doing the washes as much. It's a, it's a little grittier, but a little cleaner than that. Sounds weird to say that, but that's really what I felt. It was a, it was both grittier and cleaner right. at the same time. No, it makes simpler total art, sense. Uh, simpler art than that. He's, wash stuff was really disturbing. Than and hard he's used, to and this is a much more looks more like a mainstream comic, but it's still recognizably his artwork. This, so it's kind of like early Alias, then. But that was that was Michael Gatiss oh, was the okay. artist. So on that one, oh thank God. But but they are sim. But they I think they do have similar styles. But um, in, in this is that of course Moon Knight had been one of the Secret Avengers. Captain America made him one of the Secret Avengers. Mm-hmm. And now he's moved out to the West Coast and become a television producer. Mark Spector is oh, creating brother. a syndicated show based on his adventures as Moon Knight called The Legend of Khonshu, like a Xena or Hercules show. However, uh, the Avengers come and tell him you know, that, that crime isn't just limited to, to, to New York. There are people trying to set themselves up as kingpins of the West. And so since he's already here and he knows the layout of the land, maybe he could take a look. Only it's really not quite that simple, so I don't want to spoil anything. But it's there's a last page twist where it's kind of like, okay, this is an interesting thing. That's both a logical um, offshoot of Moon Knight's personality, but also Bendis hmm, twisty. It's a Bendis twisty. Isn't it's like the uh, the Pride? Aren't they West Coast uh, villains? Well, the there? Pride don't exist anymore. Oh, they're they, all dead. Did you read Runaways? No, I didn't. So. That's the point in the first miniseries, the first series of uh, uh, run of run the first they, run. I think they was, killed. Weren't yeah. they back in the second one, or was it no. new one? There was some time. No, they had to involved. deal. They had to deal with the ramifications no more. of the yes, previous yes. action. And then another another Bendis thing this week is a nice hardcover of where he got his start. A book that he wrote and drew way back in the nineties called Jinx, which is a great crime story 
um, which also goes along. I don't know if this includes uh, AKA Goldfish. There were two related series, but I think these were from Oni Press originally. Now they're from Marvel. It's a beautiful hardback collection. You don't see Bendis' artwork. Let me see artwork. that. Go it's take a, nice, a look. A nice medium size. It's not quite as big as a normal hardback, but uh, it's like a hardback it's a, novel. It's like a trade. It's like a a trade size. You could read this like a book. Yeah, you could, Lon. Bendis drew this. Yeah, Bendis it's drew quite, it. Quite quite interesting. He's not a terrible artist. No, he's not. And People he forget that. Yeah. So um, that's how we got to start. And uh, it's a really good crime uh, crime story. Again, sort of like saying some Superman. We're talking about something I read 12 years ago, so I can't tell you much about it other than I remembered, boy, I really was blown away by it when I first read it. I'm hoping that I will again. So um, it's definitely taking uh, worth taking a look. Um, it almost has it like a Frank Miller Sin City feel to it in the art style. Yeah, yeah. Well, a little I more, mean, little more wordy. Style. Yeah, yeah. When you do indie, you can't, you can't afford four-color pages. Well, I mean, just the, the kind of stark, no grayscale... Yeah. All black and white. And so it does feel like a trip back in time, and we're going to make a trip forward in time now because, of course, this is May 4th, but on May 7th, Saturday, uh, will be Free Comic Book Day, the 10th annual. I think it's the 10th anniversary, isn't it, of Free Comic Book Day? I don't know. I think it is. To always coincide, it's always the first weekend of May to coincide with... The first Saturday. First yeah. Saturday, yeah, sorry. To coincide with a superhero movie opening the day before. And I think it's always been a Marvel movie, too. Um, really? They've made it set up to be a superhero movie? Coincident? It has always been a superhero really? movie opening. It's yeah. just a good no weekend. Yeah. They started with Spider-Man? Or what? They started with Spider-Man, yeah. Interesting. So, uh, and, and Did any of those include Elektra? No. Because no. that would have <laughs> shut it down. That would have, it it would have been, um, they come to Free Comic Book Day saying, can we have our money back, mm-hmm. please? Signing out for comics. Uh, no, that was released in like a February. Oh, um, thank God. Just like Daredevil was. So, um, no. Uh, so this is the 10th anniversary, of course, uh, at Elusive Comics and Games, aside from having Stormtroopers, um, we're going to have... Uh, you mean we already did? This is where it gets freaky. I know. I'm having trouble with the conjugation here. The verb tenses. Uh, James Robinson... Uh, was here of, yesterday. Was here yesterday, because you're hearing this on Sunday, but for us, it's going to be on Saturday, signing from 2 to 5, so it's too late. Don't bother getting your time machine. It is too late. Well, no, I'm still actually the from the future. It's still the future for future us. Long? I'm future You still long. haven't shaved? No, I came, I was at Robinson's interview. That's why. Okay. But it's Sunday now. I'm from Sunday. Okay. Lon, okay. Did but you, I came back to record this today you, on you, Wednesday. So do you have that recording with you? I do. You want me to play it for you? I do. All right, let's listen. Okay, it is free comic book day. May 7th at Elusive Comics and Games, 2725 El Camino Real, Suite 104 in Santa Clara, California. This is the Fanboy Planet podcast. Derek McCaw and Rick Brettschneider sitting down with James Robinson. Uh, who has been signing from two to five? This is a great honor because it's no, it's my, it's my honor, and uh, thank you, and uh, hello everybody listening today. All right. Um, so uh, first of all, you did. Uh, we'll be going back over some of, of your career since you signed for both of us twelve omnibuses alone for just Rick and myself That's nice, uh, at, from Starman, and uh, you let let me know, and I don't know how much you can talk about it, but it was first I'd heard today was that you have been given the okay for a shade ongoing. Well, no, that that was uh, announced, and with all the secrecy going on at DC at the moment, that is the the thing that has sort of already been announced. Uh, there's a shade 12-part miniseries. I've been working on it. I've written seven issues of the 12. Five of them are drawn. 
but they are different artists. It is. I, I took a page out of Grant Morrison's book with uh, Batman, Superman, uh, Batman, Superman, Batman and Robin. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, where, although it was one long story, he tailored each three-part arc to suit a certain artist. So with this, I have three uh, three-parter, one artist. A time's past. I'm sort of known for these times past now, mm-hmm. uh, focusing on the, the history of the shade. Uh, then another three-parter, then another times past, three-parter, times past, all with each chunk of that a different artist. So that's six artists in all, actually seven artists with with an ink with a very quality inker on on one of the times pasts, and um, that you, the first issue will be in your hands by the end of the year. Okay, can you name any of these artists? No. Or do you, can we, go ahead. Uh, there's a theme yeah, here. Once again, whenever someone can't talk about who the artist is, so we'll say Jack Kirby will be drawing one of these books. Yeah, uh, you can so, actually say it, and we'll just bleep it out. <laughs> no, no. Uh, so, but you're saying it's it's a miniseries, but uh, I, I know maxi series. You've had a, you know a great, obviously a great affection for that character. So, are you hoping that this could be something you could continue with? This is, with this is my hope. Is I believe that the reason why the shade is, I, I can, I, I honestly, you know, I, I try not to be egotistical, but I know that the shade was a goofy villain. Yes. And as I was beginning to bring together the elements of Starman, it was William Mesner Loeb's had a really interesting. Issue where all of the of the Flash, right? the Flash, mm-hmm. uh, where they where all these like Flash villains got together, and the Shade was sitting on a curb, saying we could have ruled the world, and the the genius of Barry Allen. It was it was they all got together to honor Barry Allen. I remember that issue. Yes. And it was we could have ruled the world, and he kept us running around in circles, and it kept us from being our true potential. That was the genius of Barry Allen. But the fact is, that it was the Shade that was doing that. And that, that was the seed that got me thinking about the shade and how I could turn him into something better than he was before. And I I feel that I, you know, honestly created that character, in, in, in the character that he is now, pretty much. So, but I, I think that, that the reason he works so well is that he isn't the main guy. There's a reason why in the Avengers, those little logos with the character, mm-hmm. the Avengers with the vision for so long because he was in the Avengers and that was it, and he was this bizarre, aloof character. The moment they start to open him up and make him more and more and more, suddenly you have John Byrne basically fucking the character up. Excuse my lip French. Can I swear? Yeah, you can, you can you swear. Can You'll end up sounding like a screeching monkey. But, <laughs> <It's all right. laughs> but basically, <laughs> fuck, fucking up the character, like, too much, and he lost that mystique that made him special. And... I think with with the shade, I said I said DC, uh, the, uh, the 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 Starman Blackest Night was a very very popular book. So they're like, great. would you like to do a a shade ongoing? And I was like, I just don't think that's the right thing. I think that I, I want to do like twelve issues, and if it's successful, little break, and then I'll do another shade twelve okay. issues. Yeah. So I'd rather see it that way than but, while you uh, feel the but, inspiration. But but also mm-hmm. like it it's. You know, na- nowadays, getting those like great artists in line or, or good artists in line takes quite a bit of strategy. So by doing it 12 issues at a time, you can plan those artists. So God willing, this is a success. And then the next one, if I do a next one, if it's a success, 
we have time to get some more great artists. Because honestly, you of course with the times past, and then uh, and I know it's still just a possible future. You have leaped around in the shades, immortal life, and done kind of touchstone moments of the growth of the character. I think the thing about Blackest Night was amazing. The shade realizing that he might have fallen in love. Yes. Well, that's still that is still a part of the ongoing book. It's not. It isn't. A, it isn't a factor, but. You'll, you'll see that there's a continuation. The artist who is doing the first three issues... Jack Kirby, yeah. Okay. Jack Kirby <laughs> has done such a good job of giving this elegant sensuality to his love for for Hope O'Dare and her mm-hmm. love for him that like it was a, a ga- he He did a really superb job of, like doing a nuanced love for each other in terms of their body language and in terms of the way they handle each other and talk to each other. So I'm very, very happy. Wonderful. Um, And, of course, you're also writing as an ongoing, at least for the foreseeable future, uh, Justice League. Yes. And you created kind of an eclectic lineup with that. Uh, Back in January, we had the Congorilla Starman one-shot that kind of brought them to the forefront. Uh, Has DC offered you anything more with them? Because you did such a great job with that. Um... No, but my my hope is they will. It's just at the moment DC is in a incredibly exciting period of doing stuff, <laughs> and that is and then no one can talk about it. We all have a non disclosure agreement, so I can't say anything. But okay. ultimately, I th- I I think that uh, me doing Congrilla. And Mikhail Starman has re- reached enough of a fan base that you'll see them again. And of course, they've, they've been in Just League. And you've also added, to me, what seemed an odd choice but is working really well, and you expressed love for Saint Walker, the Blue Lantern. What about that character made you want to throw him into the mix? I just, I love the fact that in the midst of all this craziness, and bear in mind it is the most amazingly skilled craziness in that you have Jeff Johns, fantastic writer, brilliant writer, and then Doug Mankey, who's actually was, when I first started in comics, he was doing comics. Mm -hmm. And he has just grown and grown and grown as a, he's actually not grown, he's still actually a very trim young man, but he has grown (laughs) as a, as a, as a, as as an artist. I think he's, a hundred times better now than he was when he was doing the mask and mm-hmm. all that stuff back in the day. But there is such a sort of craziness to what's going on because there's so many characters and so much going on. Very exciting, a lot of fun to read. This is all the stuff with the lanterns and the different mm-hmm. different colour spectrum and everything else. And in that midst of it, you have Saint Walker, who is this sort of figure of of calm and wisdom. And it, it just reminded me of sort of of this sort of Green Lantern version of Kane from Kung Fu. Mm-hmm. And I just always admired it and loved it. And I, I talked to Jeff about this, about could be in the Justice League. If, by the way, interestingly, had it been more, if if, if I had could could have had it done, but there was too much going on with the world of Green Lantern at the time, he would have just been in terms of the Big Seven that I was trying to recreate. Mm-hmm. He would have been that alien it was that that made it be, mm. be Starman which in turn meant it was Congrilla but I think they've mm-hmm. added an element to the Justice League that 
is completely me and yes. you either love it or you hate it and me <laughs> for being the writer I, of the I, Justice I, I love you for being the good stuff. But I've always admired the character and, and Jeff was like, oh my God, you like him? You know, I, you know, I'm really proud of St. Walker and the agreement was as soon as as soon as the continuity allowed me to involve him in the Justice League, I would, and I'm very proud okay. to have done that. Good. And so, um, yeah, and we talk about uh, Starman. You got the shade coming out, and and Michael uh, Starman comes out of Starman. Um, how is it that in, in all this, um, you've what deal have you struck with DC that Jack Knight has managed to stay? out of continuity since his farewell in, in 80. No one else has tried to pick him up? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sorry for that spoiler, Rick. Uh, <laughs> to the end. He no, they, they have basically honored the fact that I retired the character. And, you know, I'm, I'm sort of proud of this too, that I put such a stamp on that character that anyone else, it would feel cheap. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, again, I, I'm always worried about f- sounding arrogant, but I, anyone else writes Jack Knight, it, you know, I, and there's these little moments they've appeared, but it, no one writes Jack like me. I don't think anyone writes The Shade like me, honestly. No, they don't. So as a result, better, better to let it lie and be a nice little testament to what DC Comics can do and hope one day... Me and Tony come back and tell that un- untold story of Jack in Japan. I forgot that was a good idea either. So I, this is – it can bring you something you were mentioning while signing earlier. Yeah, Jack and The Shade both are very personal, and the omnibus editions have very open, honest afterwards. Yes. So a reflection there about the writing, because even though you're writing superheroes, which people, I think – there's still a big population that, that you know see there is kind of the long underwear or the kid the kid stuff um, immature immature that's what I'm looking for is and you have give, you are capable of giving them such depth you know why throw so much of your personality in there well no um, <laughs> yeah I, uh, I don't you know I, I spoke to enough people today I apologize if I've already said this to you but it was Grant Morrison who was who said to me. You have to be honest. You have to like give of yourself. And I think, yeah, it wasn't you. It was a young guy that wanted to know about being a better combo writer. But I understand the confusion. Earlier. I do. And, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is that the one thing that I have a problem with sometimes with combo writers is I think either they're embarrassed because they haven't had enough life experience or they're just scared to give of themselves and when I was for, Grant Morrison is a couple years older than me and when I was first starting out I was you know so excited about I just wanted to be in comics and I was talking to him about it and he was so nice and he was talking and he was about just being honest and thinking about it and you know you know like you know my, my my father died when I was two. My mother died when I was 30, but when she died, we never had that connection. And that seeking that connection, I transposed into Jack Knight wanting that connection with his father that I gave him that I never got. Mm-hmm. That is like the, the coming from the heart, and I think that's what makes a good comic book. Mm-hmm. And so often, 
people are, are ashamed or afraid that the best Superman Lois Lane stories back in the day where he wanted her to love him for being Clark Kent and she would only love Superman is every guy, that jock that gets the girl and you know that you're the, be- you're the better guy for that girl. Yeah. <laughs> and that is... But unless you admit that you're that guy, two things, you ne- you can't ever write that character and you'll never actually get that girl. But if you admit it, you may actually get that girl. So there's that. <laughs> so, but, but, so yeah, you may get laid. If you're 17 and you admit it, you may get laid. There's a hint. Opening up and just being honest is something that I don't think I see a lot of. I think that people hide behind the powers and the and the characters, but they never give of themselves. And that was something that Grant Morrison taught me when I was growing up. When I was, it was just learning and mm-hmm. I was scared. Him and uh, Dave Gibbons were the two people that completely helped me to be the guy I am. Okay. And they're, and they're great guys. And they, um, talk, when you were starting out, um, you've had a career, as you, as you just said now, DC is in the middle of an exciting time. You're here at an exciting time with DC and definitely part of a forefront of pushing them back into, well, not that they went away, but, you know, they've got a lot of great, Absolutely. great things Absolutely. It's a very in, a very exciting and mysterious time for everybody. And I think, you, and I think you've been, uh, you know, you went away to Hollywood for a little while, um, but you've been at these very interesting times in comics in the last 20 years. We were with Malibu with Firearm, first time that I was... Became aware of you as a writer, right. which is a fantastic series for Mal- for Malibu. So you were on the front of the forefront of this kind of like indie push, or when these companies started up that were kind of threatening the big two. Well, okay, uh, well, do you do you want to finish your question, or should we start talking now? <laughs> no, I know because I have things to say about that. I- that was a time. It wasn't when there was this independent thing. It was when independent companies were trying to be comic book companies. Okay, that's the way. To so put they it, had. So, like, the reason why there was Firearm is that they brought me in, and it was all these guys that were, like, the old school of comics. Mm-hmm. And they and they, and then it was, like, this is the Avengers, this is the X-Men, this is the this, this is the that. And, I was, and, 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 and they said, you're the guy that, uh, that God feels so old. You were, like, the young guy then <laughs> that is, that like, interesting, and... Is there something you'd like to do? And I was like, I don't want to do any of this quasi version of something. And I'd already quit Ecto Kid. Oh right, the the Clive Barker Barkerverse. Because it, I I knew uh, he was ripping off Kid Eternity, and I felt like I was Mm -hmm. being a hack. Mm -hmm. So I'd already gone through that, and and it's interesting because I said to, I was. uh, I spoke to Neil Gaiman, and he was like, oh, how did all that go with the Barkerverse? And I was like, well, it's kind of weird. I think, I think it's all sort of derivative. And he's like, well, they called me up, and they were like, do you want to do St. Sinner? And I was like, well, St. Sinner is you. It's your story. It's Sandman, your version of Sandman. And he's like, and he hadn't even, didn't really know, and he was like, wow, that's something. <laughs> so I just like, couldn't get behind that. So as a result... As I thought about this, the idea of this guy that just wants to be a private detective that does divorce cases and wants to be Philip Marlowe, that was my thing. He wants to be Philip Marlowe, but because he's a private detective in a world of superheroes, he has to be Mike Hammer. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, it's a world of superheroes. 
And then he also you like I made him like uh, uh, SBS Special Boat Service, which is like a Navy British Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. Just all these things to make him, you know. But he was in Pasadena. I lived in Sierra Madre, and they're like literally down the road. Mm-hmm. And and, it, and it, that's kind of groundbreaking because a lot of people have kind of picked up that idea. You talk about you quit ActoKid for it being derivative, and I think a lot of people have been derivative out of that idea that you created for for, for firearm being the world that you predate powers. You're predating. Um, even uh, top ten, um, but also well, that you know what? Considering I did a Twitter thing where I railed on um, Alan Moore for like, I'm pretty sure he doesn't listen, so it's okay. No, he, <laughs> I, well, I always, make, I always, I actually, because I, 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 I quit Twitter for a while, and I regret it only because. Some of my best writing was that funny stuff I was doing on Twitter. Did you follow me? <laughs> uh, I'm going to tonight. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I've seen some of it, was, I've, but I have seen some of it. Some of it was very funny, yeah. and I was making fun of uh, Alan Moore and his, all the stuff with the warlock. And I don't make fun of anyone in their religion and their faith. Be it as wacky as you like, it's all what you believe in. But I didn't like the fact that he was talking about how. Brightest Day was taking his, or oh, Blackest right. Night Black as I was, was taking his Lantern story story. with the Kevin O'Neill story and I do remember reading that Twitter and, and, and my point was at the time that he his best work has all been derivative of other people's work right. and that is the nature of comic books mm-hmm. now I've forgotten what your question was well we were, I was just saying that Firearm I thought was groundbreaking and in, in a, in a very different idea at that time I, I don't think that Bendis on Powers I think that guy is genuinely talented. I don't think he read Firearm. I just think. I mean, I mean, well, I shouldn't say that the people have ripped it off. I mean, I think that is it, you. I, you're one of the. You're the first I could think of to have come up with that idea. I well, know that's okay, what people do. done, done. But my 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 um, inspiration was like Johnny Double and Jason Bard at DC. Okay, so. The private detective subgenre, and also to be honest with you, uh, Steranko doing Nick Fury because those issues, even though he is a secret agent, there's a sort of a private eye feel to the way he does things. Mm-hmm. So it's like three issues of Steranko, one issue of Johnny Double Showcase, and Jason by by Frank Robbins. Jason and Frank Robbins is a genius in my mind. So all that combined. Absolutely, private detectives, and also I love. I've always worshipped private detective fiction, the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Which I'm going to get back there because you cause you certainly create characters around whatever your title character is that deal with that. Because in Starman, you introduce Hamilton Drew, and you and you certainly brought uh, Ralph Dibney back to his roots as, or not roots, but as the as the detective first, right? Um, but I want to talk about that as a as things from you know future but um firearm also did something that that now seems to be uh, companies should be doing this was i had these i can't remember it was the zero issue that came with the vhs tape uh yes. the, the i guess pilot episode or whatever they were they well that to was call a it. misadventure a misadventure yes i tell you why malibu at the time gave me a budget on the movie and it was two hundred fifty thousand dollars. not a lot of money but they got this young video director and then, but they said it takes longer for us to do the comic than for us to do the film. So you have to write the screenplay first mm-hmm. and then write the comic. So I wrote the screenplay, and the original screenplay had it was so ornate and 
but the, the end of it was this was a you have to bear with me you don't, haven't read the screenplay it makes no sense to anybody but it was Firearm and this ultra guy stalking each other through a miniature version of a city that will you know all the all the skyscrapers were like 10 feet tall mm-hmm. so it's like stepping around a tree so you're literally walking through a city trying to kill each other mm-hmm. like so I thought for $250 $250 $250,000 you can build that set and it's just balsa wood. I think, yeah. honestly, we could build that set. Yes. But then, after I'd committed to that, then I'd wrote the the actual comic book that led into it. They said we only have a hundred thousand dollars, and you have to change everything. And then the other thing that happened was this young man, who, you know, he was nice, but he was very, very young, and he thought he knew everything. And as a result, it was like, if you just asked me, like, with, with Alex Swan, he's English. We're not going to get an English actor. Who do we impersonate? Like, what is, what's the voice? And I would have said, just have him impersonate Michael Caine. I would rather have a bad English accent than this guy that is impersonating Sean Connery, I think. So it's this guy that's, like, Scottish or, like, from, he's like a Morlock from Under the World of Time Machine. <laughs> I have no idea what the hell that voice was, but that wasn't English. And no. it, it wasn't like the Alex Swan in my head, or even, I think, the Alex Swan in anyone who was, who was <laughs> yeah. born on, right. the, on that side of the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> so, 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 the, the, so that happened too. Mm-hmm. But, but, then, but so ultimately, you, you had a, a comic book that led into a ending that was this very truncated and strange ending to mm-hmm. something that was building towards something bigger became something even smaller and if you're gonna go from a comic book to a film you have to go bigger mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is it uh is alex Wong a character that anybody's besides fans have asked you to be able to return to Cully hamner Cully hamner has asked you to but well there's there's a couple of reasons there's a couple of problems there one is that um Marvel owns Mallet, all those characters. Yeah, co-owned, and also there is a there is a uh, creator equity aspect to what we all signed mm-hmm. that opens of a, a door at Marvel that they can't open. Uh, hmm. Okay. Like it's 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 too favorable to the creator. Okay. Yeah, I've I've heard rumor of that over the years. So. We'll just never get back to him. That's that's all right. Um, well, you, you can say it. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't mind. I just no, no. I just, I just it's it's one of those things. Also, is that when I was writing Alex Swan as a private detective in Pasadena, I guarantee you, if you get your car and drive half a mile to get a pizza, you go from Sierra Madre to Pasadena. That distance is where I was living when I was writing that. It was just. The if, if I if I had been Steve McQueen meets Robert Mitchum, but I was English, that was me. I was just uh, but all mm-hmm. this stuff, looking around and feeling and thinking, it was me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so as a result, I don't think anyone else could. No, I, I don't. Th- I don't think so either. But it's, bring it's just like all those Ultraverse characters and Firearm being the one I liked the best. It, it all, it's just a shame that those are that door is, seems closed. So it's just but, curious if anybody. Ever... But I will say this: is that. If you like the fact that Jack Knight is done, mm-hmm. You're right. 
the fact is that I retired that character in a way that is elegant and done. Mm-hmm. And there's no good that can come of it. <laughs> that's you know. That's good. Well, then, so let me ask the things that possibly could. We we know the shades coming, and the two characters that I can remember, and I mentioned like. Uh, we know you had affection for Ralph and Sue Dibney. Let's let's put this cleanly. Um, I I know that ten years ago you'd wanted to, to work with them more than they, as they appeared in Starman. And and uh, um, what is it about your affection for those characters? I know continuity doesn't allow them now, but uh, or their lives have changed. Around. They they are after Hawkman, Ralph and Sue Dibney are my my second favorite characters in DC Universe, and I think I am bad luck for any character <laughs> that I like in the DC Universe. You just like Black, Black Condor, too, didn't you? And I don't think that ended well. I do like Black <laughs> Condor. He, he, got, he got disemboweled by uh, Deathstroke. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, thank heavens the uh, Black, so, Black Pirate John Valor if, was already dead when you got there. So, um, <laughs> Okay, uh, and... W- one thing that uh, Rick was saying to me uh, off air, and I think is true, kind of maybe to sum up uh, your career, is that I think Starman, and I think even the Golden Age, and certainly working with things like Justice League and having Saint Walker in there, uh, you um, a theme that runs through is what does it really mean to be a hero? What does it really mean to want to go out there and do the right thing? And it seems like a theme very near and dear to your heart. And we've talked about your honesty, but you know that's. Well, I think that everyone that if you have to you have to think about this and extrapolate this if you're a writer more than I think a reader does. Like, why would you go out and fight crime? And it's one thing to be like a, a lunatic dressed up in like uh, a, 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 a vest and a mask and some some knee pads, like. Why would you want to do it? And, and I said this in uh, Cry for Justice. Why does the Atom want to be the Atom? You know, why doesn't he just sell his, his uh, discoveries to the U.S. government and make a million dollars? And I guess uh, Jeff Lamar took care of that. Yeah, okay. But that was after the fact. I think that ultimately, if, if you're a hero, obviously at DC, I think more than Marvel, there was a sense of... I'm a hero, I'm just going to fight crime. Mm-hmm. And it really, if you think about it, every character, with the exception maybe of Green Lantern in, in DC, is somewhat flawed in that respect. And Hawkman. Ultimately, it's like there are a lot of people that become crime fighters for no reason than you would... Like, we love comics. So, of course, if we got superpowers, we would fight crime. Mm-hmm. But... What if, like, the guy that is a mechanic that has never read a comic book in his life becomes a superhero? Why does he become a superhero? And I think that often, with the exception of... With with great responsibility comes great... Whatever the fuck is Spider-Man. And Captain America, who is... I will continue to fight what I consider to be evil... Because you wrote that one shot with Captain America saying Steve Rogers was the hero long before he ever... Thank you for that, that. by the way. I am very proud of that Captain America story because I took a little piece and turned it into something. And it was that. The people that become real heroes are the ones that would be heroes anyway. Mm -hmm. And I think that 
if and and it's something that like John Byrne and various people have done with Fantastic Four, where they've done this. What if they didn't get the powers? Yeah. And they would still have become the heroes. Mm-hmm. And that, that that touches me as much as like Arnold Drake and Doom Patrol, where these guys who have the powers that aren't the most uh, inviting and fantastic powers, they still choose to give their lives for thirteen people in a in a Cape Cod community. Mm-hmm. And do you think the nature then of the set of the the franchise basically you talk about that that was a shocking moment back in the 60s when the Doom Patrol did that and yet they've come back does you think that cheapens that well, well I mean, it's the nature of the it's business in, it's an in interesting question it's not on your list is it no it's not you <laughs> I, sparked it I did it I, I completely agree like I remember when I was growing up the Doom Patrol had already gone and that was shocking like there was this whole team and it was like in the reprints mm-hmm. in the 52 I, did, I wasn't actually young enough to really get the 52 but the 100 pages and then, the, then I would go to second hand stores and get those 52 pages but you'd see like bits of the Doom Patrol mm-hmm. and it was so strange and also Bruno Promiati who retired in, in Argentina I mean, the people that know this are like Dave Gibbons and me and a couple of other people. And now a couple more that want to hear it. So, But remember that Argentina's like the history of the gaucho and the horsemen that, that like, they're not like killing cows like uh, matadors in Portugal or Spain, but there's the sense of like the cow and the horseman, the cowboy and blah, blah, blah. In those way that those those Loomis books on like the, the Steve Rude covets and people covet, there are books in Argentina about how to draw horses. Bruno Promiati is the premier guy on how to draw horses. And the reason why the Doom Patrol back then was so brilliant is that that realism, that sense of what are we seeing is, it's like a, a real world, as opposed to Kirby, which was fantastic. And I love Kirby. Yeah. But the fact is that we, I think, saw three guys... And they have a choice. It's us or 13 people. We're going to die. Die. And it's like, you can... you Next... Uh, uh, and I think it was like, what? Uh, it might be Bruno Palmiotti sitting there at his desk chair at the end of it going, do you like this? I write more. Just write it in. You have the choice. At the time, they didn't. But there's a resonance. Mm-hmm. And people still stick with that. Mm-hmm. And that's why... The Doom Patrol, they've tried to fix it every time. And ultimately, the whole team has come back. Yes. Do we cover everything? I think we did. And I, it is Honestly, let me see that list. Uh, there you go. I feel like Rod Stewart grabbing Russell Harty's list. That's, <laughs> that is a reference. So, <laughs> Well, apart from my, my affair with Britt Etland and the time that, that I uh, dressed up completely in tartan and then got whacked out on uh, Purple Hearts. Uh, Wait a minute. I, I forgot. Like, yeah. That was Rod Stewart. Oh, that wasn't you. <laughs> <laughs> we are honored that we had James Robinson with us and not Rod Stewart, although he might be an interesting... Uh, I don't know, what, I don't you know what, what Rod Stewart would have what, to say in, about it, comics. You know what? Interesting sidebar, because I brought up today already. This is a completely anecdotal story, but hopefully you, you all enjoy this. I've come to uh, Santa Clara, lovely town, but you pull up and there's a museum, and you go in the museum, and it is... Model trains uh-huh. of different scales. Do you know this? Uh, the, the Santa Clara Historical Museum? Yes. Yeah, down, down by the university, yes. No, I it's have, right by the train station. But I haven't been in there yet. Go in there. 
See, I'm telling people, locals, what they yes. should do. Yes. But they have two different scales of train set. And what you should know about me is when I was a boy uh, in England, you get your first, like, set, it's called a Saturday job. And you go to a store and you get your money that will basically buy you drink because we're English or comic books or whatever, whatever, whatever. So me and my friend, we went to store to store and we took turns. Whoever got hired one after the other would be the one that got that job. And obviously we hoped because we were friends that we would both be hired at the same time. We, we turned up at Wilsdon, uh, Wilsdon High Road opposite the library at Model Mart and all they did was model trains and scale electrics. And you, you, did, were you there when I was talking to this guy about scale electrics cars? No. no. Fantastic. I can't believe there's a scale electrics club in San Francisco. Uh -huh. But I happened to be the guy that got that job. So for the next two years, all I did was serve, you know, serve people, getting their model kits and their model trains and whatnot. But I also fixed trains. I learned magnetism. I learned science. The science, the primitive science of the dynamo motor. But at the same time, it sort of shaped me somewhat. And also the beauty of the Mallard train. Mm -hmm. And anybody that's listening to this podcast, go and Google Mallard steam engine, and you will see the retro-futuristic Art Deco world, what could have been if more people had adopted the Mallard train. So we get a nice piece of history. We are so grateful for James Robinson. Thank you for sitting down with us. It's been a great honor to have you on the podcast. You know what? I, I love you guys. And um, WonderCon is next year in April. It's around about my birthday. It may well be on my birthday. So you should interview me again, and we should talk again six months from now. All right. Definitely. Definitely. Awesome. What a treat. I hope that went well. <laughs> I'm sure it is going to have Marty, done we're so. back. <laughs> oh, we're back, for the, back from the future. Oh, here, have a gigawatt. It's your parents. Okay. Um, that was awesome. You know what I like best about James, what was his name, Robinson? Was uh, when he talked about all that stuff he did in his career and you asked him all the questions. Mm-hmm. That was that was and probably. You stood there with the boom microphone, doing your best Dave Tappy impersonation. Uh, and, well, I just I was so in awe of his greatness. I know, I know. But anyway. uh, yeah, and now just boy, I hope you can make it on Saturday. Otherwise, we're going to tear a rip in the time. Well, I just want to let everybody know that I'm back to uh, current lawn now. Well, uh, oh, yeah. future lawn. Lawn home. disguised himself as a t-shirt rack. <laughs> Uh, for oh, that that makes sense now. Interesting. Yeah, so he wouldn't know he was there, but he was there. That's why the T-shirt rack kept interrupting you. Yeah. Oh, was that what that was? Yeah, that's oh. what it was. That's what it was. I thought I was just being twice as brilliant. For those of uh, for those of you still listening, uh, <laughs> all three of you, let's go to movies, shall we? Let's um, go right now. I want to see something. Okay. Oh, you mean oh, we'll talk, talk about, about the movie? Uh, we announced last week the Avengers started filming, and somebody already stole a screenplay and Those tried to sell damn it on eBay. Dirty, but uh, Chris Hemsworth, who is playing, of course, Thor, said the mighty that the mighty was the mighty Thor was uh, said it was an earlier version of the draft. And they said draft. they said Chris, did you steal the script? And he said, I say thee nay. We do know that because it had the watermark, it was Samuel L. Jackson's copy. Oh of the well, then it wasn't His stolen. Wife had to go shopping. It just went off on that snake's mother back. <laughs> sold it. Yes, because <laughs> his wife's got to go shopping. That's right. Okay, uh, so apparently there's been some changes since, um, but that's okay. That's okay. And moving into Thor, uh, moving into the Avengers is Thor. So Thor will have, would have, 
did open by the time you've heard this podcast. Wait, is this future Derek? Maybe. Actually, oh. this is past Derek because past Derek saw Thor on April 30th. Oh. Not only that. This is as good as the Dr. rest Drift of the episode. world has had it for 10 days. My friend in Australia emailed us and bragged about how he saw yes, it. Yes, they opened it 10 days ago in Australia because they wanted to tie in with an Australian holiday. And they said in England they had to open it early because of the royal wedding. Because people, Thor's Day. Because people would have a four-day weekend. So it would be a great time for families in England to go see Thor. So the Norse the, God of Thunder. So at the premiere on Monday night, yeah, but it's full, full, of, full of British actors and Australian actors. And so the premiere in the U.S. and L.A. on Monday night, uh, Kevin Feige said, uh, yeah, a lot of the fans, uh, American fans are upset about Thor opening globally first. And uh, I don't blame him. Yeah, thanks. That's so all he, was, said? he said it was a Paramount marketing decision, and yeah. and Paramount, Paramount's defense is it's a global market now. And Thor has made almost a hundred million dollars as of this writing globally wow. before it's even opened in the U.S. So I guess we're going to get a Thor too, huh? Uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to get a Thor too. Wow! And I think that's a good idea because I saw Thor and really enjoyed it. I won't really say more because I know you, you yeah. haven't seen it yet. And I, you don't want to take yet. a hammer to the Badoobies. No, I really, I just thought it was better, definitely better than Iron Man two. Hmm. Um, I might even like it better than Iron Man. I'm going to have to see it again to hmm. be sure. I okay. really liked the first Iron Man. I think I might like Thor you better. You just and like I'm, it as much, just differently. Differently. Did and you I'm, see it in 3D? I did. They showed it at the... F- well, what was the... Uh, how, uh, so, how okay, that part, at least you that much. Is it worth going to see in 3D? No. Okay. I mean, if you are one, and there are people that have sat at this table who really, really claim they're totally into the 3D, the 3D effects are fine. I just didn't feel necessary. I think it's possible that when I watch a 3D movie, my brain starts adjusting back into 2D. Okay. I, I, I really do. It's like sometimes I have to. If you make a 3D movie, and I, and I kind of like this, that I, that I have to think about it. Oh yeah, that was in 3D. Yeah, you know, or that scene was. Oh yeah, that was in 3D, but I, but not while I. The, the storytelling's so good, I'm not paying attention. But to you me. have the directorial attitude towards 3D, which is like, okay, for dragons or how yeah. to train your dragons, things come out of the screen at you. Mm-hmm. In Avatar, you're looking into the fish tank where you're you looking can, in. In this one, so um, and uh, and there's a dragon, um, so. But the yeah. dragon doesn't spew fire onto the I audience. I don't think, I, but most of these films, I don't think, is a 3D world. Now, but it was a it was a post post filming converted one. Um, Yuck! And it was not no, it was actually really well done. It was okay. not nearly as bad. Hmm, there's popsicles suddenly. It was not nearly as bad. I fudgesicles. Fudgesicles. Yes, please. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, yes. It was. Pardon that. The rest of the podcast is going to be like. <laughs> No, I want one of the, the. I don't want one of those. What I is that? What is that? Sickle. Is that a dreamsicle? That's a. I think it's a. I think it's, it's a, a, it's a flavored one. Uh, I okay. just got a grape sure one. one. That's a regular. Here's a creamsicle. I like a creamsicle. I like a creamsicle. Is this a creamsicle? No. Oh yeah. I broke it. The creamsicle. Thank you. Creamsicle. I want a creamsicle. Give me a creamsicle. Thank you. I'm unwrapping mine. Anyway. Um, the upscaling, uh, the up, up converting was not nearly as bad as Clash of the Titans. I did not feel like that it was that it was clearly post on. I didn't have that weird corrugated tin lunchbox look that Clash of the Titans had. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Ah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, mm. boy, this sounds like Lawn Saturday Night. I got grape. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, mm. 
Oh. And so, uh, Hugh Jackman gave an interview today because he's in San Francisco this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing an evening of musical theater. I heard him on uh, Alice in the morning. Yes, yes, and he said... He was quite charming. And he confirmed that The Wolverine will be filming in August. Who's the director? Uh, I forgot he didn't say. How are they going to film if they don't have a director? It doesn't matter. You think he's going to take the helm like every other... Oh, that'd be great. Hmm. No, I don't know if it would be, but I'm, I don't know. I'm going to go see him tomorrow night. Okay. So by the time we hear this on Sunday, I will have seen him on Thursday night and enjoyed his evening of musical theater. Ask him about the movie. I don't know if I'm actually going to see him like that, Rick. Okay. I'm going to be a few rows back. We'll see. But he also confirmed they asked Strangest about... Strangest heckler ever. There was a... a Perez Hilton, don't do it, Wolverine! Perez Hilton reported today that he was going to be in a remake of Fantastic Voyage, the mm. uh, Isaac Asimov novel. That guy can't act. Now, to be clear... No. Perez Hilton is not going to be in a remake. No. Of- I'm sorry. Perez Hilton is not going to be in the remake of... Uh, oh, that's what, that's what you said. No, no. But Hugh Jackman is going <laughs> oh, to be. Oh, yeah. oh. But Hugh Jackman <laughs> said no. That Sean really Levy the is Hilton the guy movie. who directed Real Steel and their friends. Mm. And they've talked about it. And he says he'd like to. But it hasn't been greenlit. So he okay. just said that's... When's Real Steel coming out? Sometime this summer. How come they didn't just call that Rock'em Sock'em Robots? Because that would require a licensing fee. But I mean, essentially that's what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Kind of. Hmm. Kind of. Or a boxing mecca story. Um, I was going to say, and Devin, is it the guy from Chud that is not Chud anymore? Devin Faraci, did you see he's... Faraci? Faraci is in a sci-fi movie. I didn't see that. No, and I just saw it, and I can't remember which one it was, but I saw it, it was still, still with him on the set. He was acting in it, and hmm. I was just like, oh, bummer. Good for him. All righty. So we move to TV and let Roland maybe finish. maybe one of the parties we go to they'll put us in one of their movies. I would like that. Mm-hmm. I would like to be be in. Same I'll world. be in Troll Three mm-hmm. or Troll in the Hood or whatever. Uh, oh. Oh. oh, creamsicle! You got to clean that up yourself. I do. Here, you put it in that one because you, you wasn't you got there a good podcast where you guys made fun of me making a mess? Yes, and we did. That was brilliant. Said I was eating like a one-year-old. Derek just yes. ate like a two-year-old. Right? No, my oh, my, well. my creamsicle. Um, just uh, or my creamsicle. You actually had good creamsicle in the rest of that bag there. I do. Okay, and it's very separate, and I'm fine. Okay. Um, so let's go to TV so that Long can finish his grapes. Grapes. I'm all wrong. I'm okay. all wrong. All in my mouth. Doctor Who. Doctor Who. So, uh, episode uh, one, part two of the so good, new so good this week. season. Day of the Moon. Yeah, Day of the Moon. I watched it on BBC America this Did week. Did you watch it? No, I didn't think so. I got him though. <laughs> you heard it. You heard no. it. Someday, someday you'll what? you'll be one of us. Rick just he, hope springs eternal with that guy. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm an optimist. Don't ever change. No, no, no. no. I keep, can't. I you can't. lift my heart. I'm not capable of. You change. build me up. Yeah. What? Yeah. Great episode. Yeah. Craziest fifteen first fifteen minutes ever. Mm-hmm. Like, look, did I miss? Did I miss part two? Is this part three? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I felt. But then it all stabilized out and, and then raised more questions than it answered. Yeah. So that's all right. Did answer a long-standing question from last season and a lot of whispered uh, yeah. implica- implications. Yes, yes. Um, but then there was like oh, so many okay. hinted things. Yes. Now, we also talked about the spinoff series, uh, Torchwood, coming back on, on uh, July right. 8th. right. Uh, on stars, I'm going to let you rant for a moment because I want to dispose of my wrappers before things melt. Right. Uh, but you talk about the issue that you brought up. Okay. To me, I will talk about the issue that I brought talk up. Talk about it to me because I'll listen. So, yeah. Lon, how do you feel about pay cable? Um, 
I feel like it's a necessary evil sometimes. Right. Do you like it when a show that you're watching on non-pay cable goes to pay cable? Because that's what we missed talking about before. Because the Wait, new, the so like you were watching it for free. Yeah. Uh, well, cable's not really free. Well, no. You, but you went to a premium channel. Right. Is what you're so you went from you went from uh, basic cable, or perhaps what do they call the next step up from basic? Well, it's, it's like a, basic premium, right? Well, yeah, and then there standard. are pay channels. It's like standard, basic, premium. Right. Pay. So, but you have the you have the premium channels like HBO and Showtime, right, right. Cinemax, Stars. So Torchwood's going to Stars, which is like the first time you've ever had a real fan favorite series leave. What's basically the lower ranked uh, cable mm-hmm. or broadcast, and go to a go to something where you're actually paying like ten dollars a month more to get well, that you know channel. What I, well, now now stars not going to be broadcasting on Netflix anymore. Right, they stopped. Right. So I was going to say you could just watch on Netflix, but no, right. you can't. They'll be controlling. Terrible. That. Yeah. So this is. I mean, it's kind of kind of sad. I but. But Stars is pretty cheap, right? Can't you get Stars as like one of the packages? Yeah, you, you if you buy the package. Actually, I upgraded when I heard this. I upgraded my package. I ended up paying five dollars more for the package. I got That's Stars. Worth it I for got how stars. many episodes usually, of Torchwood? Yeah. And it's usually packaged with HBO, so it yeah. gets a good. Well, I already had HBO, right? So it was only what I'm five dollars for those for those who were looking for it in the future. Yeah. It usually you gets can watch True Blood, Crown of Thorns. And uh, Game of Game of Thrones, whatever, uh, and Camelot, Saga, Ice and Fire. Camelot, and now Torchwood. So Camelot, all for five dollars. Camelot's on Showtime, though, right? No, Camelot's, no, on, Camelot's stars. on Stars. Oh, it is on Stars. Okay, so I'll start and watching. And you get that. Spartacus again. So yeah, uh, yeah. it's actually. And I was yeah, watching Spartacus, Spartacus on the Netflix. Uh, okay, well, worth so it. now, now totally you can see it for the yeah. So actually, so. See, we've so diff- quit your bitching. We've well, diffused your right. For Put me, your money. I'm not all about me. I'm about the fan boys and girls out there scraping their coins no, together. No, anybody buy that watches Doctor Who has a little coin. You know what I'm saying? Uh, no, that's not true. No, no. It's true. No, because no. they're all educated nerds. That's all. Well, some are still Thank in you, school. Lon. You know. Thank you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Educated. I'm just saying Doctor Who for the discriminating taste. Exactly. Now, if you want to, you know, the, the Taco Bell taste buds of Lon Lopez. Right. No, we don't watch that crap. No. Yeah. No, we, you watch... Uh, Wrestling. There you go. Which, wow, I watched on in high def for the first time a couple of weeks Ooh. ago. All them I hot, sweaty mans. Mm. I was like, wow. Yeah. Wow. Your first couple of times watching a high def thing where there's a big audience and you're seeing like all the scary, especially wrestling, where they're all re- the people yes. in the audience are scarier than the re- yes, wrestlers. Yes, that's yeah, my people. That's a scary thing. Yes, I saw Lon. Yes, or someone who looked an awful. You lot probably saw like him. women that look like Lon. I did. Little boys that look like true. Lon, especially with true. the beard. It was weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to give a shout out to uh, some Warner Brothers DVDs that our listeners may wish to pick up. Were you a fan of the Mortal Kombat films, Lon? Sorry, I just had to yell it. Um, as a kid, I guess I could say the first one was like better than we expected. That's what I feel about the first one. And yeah. the second one, because the first one we were just... Because remember, we had all just came from watching Street Fighter, which was probably <laughs> the, worst, the worst movie so of they, all time. Uh, I think Super Mario Brothers can probably I never sat through the whole thing. Yeah, that was pretty bad. That was pretty bad. But I'll just say that... Uh, well, then you had the TV series, too, didn't you? Of Mortal Kombat? Yeah. There was. There was a TV series for Mortal Kombat. Why? So are they coming out on Blu-ray uh, finally? It's coming on Blu-ray, Mortal Kombat, and Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Annihilation. Yes. Which was terrible. Um, well, not as terrible as the animated prequel to Mortal Kombat, which shows up on the Blu-ray for 
Mortal Kombat. Oh, um, it's wow. like, wow. It, it, it is as if uh, someone took a filmation cartoon and cut the budget in uh, about a third. And uh, yeah. and then it, it, the animation is so bad. Because that, that's me to filmation. Filmation, for what it was, was pretty doggone good. But um, this is like, in this day and age, you could have hired somebody with a little more skill. Uh, and I think they were trying to do it Flash, in Flash animation. And it's just... <laughs> And why tell a section of story that is already in the movie? It, it's odd. But yeah. I still think that the first Mortal Kombat is fun, and the transfer to Blu-ray is really good. Okay. So I, You know, the only thing I didn't like was the guy who played Liu Kang. I thought he was too Americanized. Oh, okay. Interesting. And his mullet was terrible. Okay. And if you get the Blu-ray, you get to – there's a downloadable – Character for the new Mortal Kombat Ooh. game on PS3 oh, and I guess PC. I think it's like Reptile or something. Uh, but it's Jade. Uh, Jade. Named Jade oh, so there's okay. downloadable skin for Jade. Chick. Interesting. Uh, so uh, both of those. So that, that was. That was I always get a little sad when people mention the Street Fighter movie, though. Why? Because Raul Julia's last he, I did. He knew film. what he was getting into. He was No, he, he was, probably thought, there's still time for me to redeem myself he after this. one last quality project. <laughs> he cashed the paycheck. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. And then well, he was going to go, and then I'm going to do something. It's like the guys that jump back and forth between doing the indie films and, yeah. the, and the big big films. Yeah, yeah. so we'll see. Um, and then in the Warner Brothers archives uh, comes a couple of animated DVDs that are, are sort of in the – do you ever have this experience where you think back about a Saturday yes. morning cartoon and you wonder if you just imagined that? <laughs> I've imagined actually the had show that or imagined it yeah. was good? Uh, well, both, perhaps. <laughs> exactly. Or like you dreamt it. Yeah, that you had a dream about one. So yeah. this one goes back. Uh, confirmed a couple. Well, um, uh, so the first they released Young Samson and the Space Cadets, which is like what an odd combination of features. Because Mar- Hanna-Barbera would do that in the 60s. Yeah. Like, like one serious adventure with one really comical thing. And, and it they usually odd. involved an, uh, like a talking dog that was with them or well, something. Uh, Space Cadets does have a talking dog. But Thank they're, you. But, what, but, they're, but they're shorter adventures. They're, they're side Cave by Man. side. They don't cross over. Right. They're just, it was the young Samson and Space Cadets yeah, right. like show. It's like how right. Adult Swim does like 15-minute right. episodes right. of right. whatever. Well, yes. Herculoids was that. Well, Herculoids right. and, and Space Ghost, wasn't it? Or? Was it Space Ghost with the Herculoids? I think Space maybe. Ghost, yeah, did have... Like other cartoons, yeah, and, and, and I think you, Birdman did too. A uh, Birdman was Birdman and the Galaxy Trio because I have the DVD of yeah. that. So there's a DVD of that you can get to the Warner Archives, and and that's a pretty good show. The one that I got this week that I that is as good as I remember it, and in fact, one half of it for some strange reason I had never seen, and is actually surprisingly funnier than I was afraid it was going to be. Is Frankenstein Jr. and I was the Impossibles? Mention, I was going to mention Frankenstein Jr. Frankenstein Jr. is awesome. I love that. And show. I was surprised that the Impossibles show from 1966 because it wasn't really a Franken. It was a giant robot. It's a giant it was a robot, robot that looks like the Frankenstein yeah. monster and it, a boy it, with, that a, with it. a superhero cape and mask. Yes, yes, <laughs> I remember that. Oh, well, because awesome. it's too old for you. Honestly, it's 1966. Mm. Yeah, and I had the big little book. Um, so and that's and I think that maybe why I don't think I'd ever actually seen and the an Impossibles. Episode. The Impossibles is like the uh, like a the, Beatles ripoff, three mop top exactly sixties rock band that turn into superheroes. Kind of like the Inferior Five too, yeah, right? Coil Man, Fluid Man, yeah, and oh crud, I can't remember what the third one is, but he has basically he has uh, Madrox the Multiple Man's he's right, multiple, multiple man. man. He has multiple man. Yeah. So actually, they predate. Madrox the Multiple Man, right. and they're funny adventures, but my uh, my son and I watched a couple of episodes last night, and it played just as well. The songs are actually pretty good, because it was like, you know, generic 60s right. 
um, you know, They're beach all, pop. Yeah, they always had those musical breaks in. in uh, and, uh, you know, these, Earth. I got to say, so these these archives aren't like the best on I extras. I love Frankenstein Jr. They're not the best on extras, but honestly, um, these have not deteriorated, probably because nobody's watched them that much. Um, so the the on DVD, they're pretty clear. They're pretty yeah. clean. And it's just with, cla- you know, classic voices, Paul Freese and Ted Cassidy in there. Um, this is like one of those unsung... Hanna-Barbera, well, obviously, if you think about any any um, Saturday morning, they threw a lot of concepts out there that people were like, whoa, did that really happen? Yeah. And this is one of those series, too, that just sort of, it showed up. It seemed like a good idea during the superhero craze in the 60s. It was crazy because it was Tobor the Great, right? And, yeah. And, and uh, the superhero aspect. And, yeah. You know. It's kind of an American Johnny Sacco. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, so I was really, really thrilled to get that. So, um, Do you remember uh, uh, the King Kong animated show yes yes i still remember this the theme to that king kong you know the name of king kong you know the fame of king kong ten times as big as a man man. ten times a what as big as a man oh i thought you said something else one day a boy (laughs) too young oh go ahead riff (laughs) to know the danger we're gonna get made a friend (laughs) of this frightening fearsome stranger king kong no one owns the rights anymore. It's gone. It's okay. Oh, okay. We're not going to get sued. You know the name of King Kong. Big finish. <laughs> you know the name of King Kong. Ten times as big as a man. You guys, you guys need to take this on the road. <laughs> I think so. I can't believe we recreated as much of that. Yeah. And Rick again, and Derek sold You got me, you got me into the second chorus. I, I, for I, the three people still listening <laughs> who can't believe we sang two. the theme to kick two. Yeah. Car and who else? I'm hoping Car is still with us. <laughs> Bill? Car and Bill. Bill, yeah. Bill fell asleep. Oh, doggone it. Well, no, you fell asleep by now. Oh, yeah. Wait. Uh, Rick, I'd like to start a new uh, section of, of the podcast called, called Post-Hypnotic Suggestions for Long While He Falls Asleep excellent, Listening to excellent, Us. excellent, excellent. What's your first one? I, I don't know. I it's, like you got, it's like having one wish and you don't know how to squander it. Well, you know? here's the thing. Lon has to walk away from the table as we say it. <laughs> oh, that's so, a good call. <laughs> so it, yeah. it, so Think it works. of a good one next week. Okay. And the next, next time I go leave. Ne- next week we will indeed we have to do something have, to piss him off. We will start off. In fact, table. I'm going to put that as a, as a Fandroid contest. There you go. Write into editor at fanboyplanet.com or sandpaper at fanboyplanet.com with yes. post-hypnotic suggestions for Lon because exactly. he listens to the podcast to help him get to sleep on Sunday nights, and he usually falls asleep about 15, 20 minutes in there. He believes there I have a somniferous voice. There you go. And uh, so it's a, it's a soporific. But I believe because uh, what is it t- today? He says he can't stop saying "badoobies" because Badoobies. I said it in last week's podcast, a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago. So let's just see what we can make Lawn do. Excellent, excellent. All right, um, and of course this week we go to games, and uh, we talk about. I was mentioning Mortal Kombat, and you could download the game, uh, download a, a, a costume for Jade. Except, of course, you couldn't actually get into the PSN network. The oh, yeah. PlayStation Network this week because they dun, dun, dun. major hack and major outage. Yes. Are those two new uh, Mortal Kombat characters? Yes, major. Awesome. Uh, and uh, be, they'll be free once the and because once the of back this, up. because of it. Yeah, I, did they get back up today? Did I don't we, think so. Okay, they got back up and then they went back down. I think that, I they? think you're right. And then they got on up, get on down. 
I think that's what they did. They had so. a whiskey drink. They had a lager drink. Oh, they did. Yeah. They were tub thumping. They were. Um, so, because of this uh, outage, this this controversy, I I got kind of a glimpse into the DC universe online community through Facebook yeah. because they kept posting. I joined when we were in the beta test, and so I'm seeing all these updates. And seeing it, how it affects that game. So I've learned a few things. Uh, first of all, as an apology, they've offered a, a, month's, a, month's, worth of a month's worth of gaming service. free. Wait a second. This just in. Sony has released the name of the hacker to the system. Actually, yeah. they tried to. It was Osama bin Laden. No. Problem solved. All right, guys. No. It'll yet, be actually, up they, soon. Sony's made a big mistake because without, without, much, yeah. without much um, proof, They've tried to blame this on the the hacker group Anonymous. Yeah. Well, that was last. Which Anonymous week, right? Anonymous usually takes credit for what they do, and in this case, they came out and said that they did not, as an organization, they, they didn't. Did not. Which doesn't mean that individual. It's a loose loose confederation. Mm-hmm. But the fact that Sony blamed it on Anonymous instead of instead of admitting that they had security flaws that were easily exploited, yeah, ma- actually makes them. A target for anonymous in the future because absolutely they're they're, they're say, anonymous, anonymous already don't respect. because I'm because really anonymous <laughs> I would like to play DC Universe online sometime uh, anonymous if you're listening I have no problems with you guys I'm just waiting for the price to go down a little bit yeah um but anyway like what free. I what I free be good. well I you know what five bucks a month I'd be into but what I saw was people's comments and you know we played the beta we had a good time but yeah. realized the amount of free time we have for the doesn't amount of money they're going to charge it just doesn't justify yeah. it they also offered a, a mask in the Batman family so it was kind of a, uh, a reinforced helmet with bat ears uh, that you could get within the game because you had suffered from this tragedy of the network being down um, so everybody's going to be wearing that. Yay. Maybe, but what what I saw, what the comments were, was that there wasn't uh, that what they really wanted was more content in the game. Now Not I more thought, costumes. no, what I thought from when we played the beta was it looked like there were a lot of great adventures coming up there. Now I'm not I'm not a power player. Yeah. Even if I do join up there, I'm never going to be a, able to be a power player because I just don't have that much free time. I never hit anything where I thought that they had stubbed it off or anything. So. Yeah, you know, and because I saw I saw hints during the beta that there was going to be an Eclipso event. I was all excited mm-hmm. about that. There's a Yellow Lantern event. I, I was getting into bigger and bigger, but apparently there's been a lot of the power players are just like, eh, okay, now we're bored with it. Yeah. And, that's, and we're not that far into it. We're only like four months in, and it's not holding on people's attention the way that, like, say, City of Heroes did for a long time. Did we know? Wasn't there some name writing the... Uh, well, Jeff Johns is one of the writers, Jeff and Marv Wolfman. The, okay, so... Uh, and then it was revealed Brian Michael Bendis is writing the um, Marvel Hero, Superhero Squad online role-playing game. Okay, cool. So, uh, you know, we, we can look forward to that. But anyway, yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting, because I can still see... Uh, I think it may be now that I, I was at Fry's last week and I saw they still have the starter set for online for DC mm-hmm. Universe Online with the Batman statue for like you know it was reasonably like fifty five sixty bucks yeah and I thought oh you know is that I, did I that used did to be much higher or has uh, it, it was down? a little higher it was a little okay. higher they they brought it down a little bit so I I was thinking about it but then with all this PlayStation Network problem I'm like uh, you know weird but the larger question that I asked at dinner last week when this first when the hacking first started mm-hmm. was 
I mean, how safe do you feel? And then, so, and then some uh, criticism online was like, well, you know, this means that PlayStation players might not trust the PlayStation Network. But where else are you going to go? You're going to go to the Xbox, maybe, but you're already invested in all these PlayStation There games. are actually a couple things you can do to protect yourself in these environments, one of which is um, – Use your you, neighbor's credit card. No, no, no. Right. You, can, you can go out and buy uh, the, the prepaid credit cards that have a fixed spending limit on them. Mm-hmm. Fill them up to the point where it's going to be uh, – it's going to set you up for a year. If somebody hacks that, all they get is the balance of that card. And it's pretty tra- It's pretty much – if that's the only thing it's been used for and all of it's empty, you know you've been hacked, right? Yeah. Versus using your standard one with the multiple thousands of yeah. dollars limit okay. that you have. good point. So that – I mean, I've heard that from a couple people as being a good way to protect yourself in these situations. Now, Where do we get these prepaid credit cards? Uh, banks will sell them to you. I mean, I've got fantastic. Um, I have one actually. A lot of times, uh, when you get uh, credits from companies, like I've got one from Verizon for when I got my phone rebate. They just gave me a prepaid credit card it's for hundred dollars. Yeah, no, it's actually a Visa. You can use it anywhere uh, in the you, world. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, you, it, I'm going to have to get one of those. Yeah. I don't know if you can fill them up after though. Can you? Uh, depends on the card. Uh, Some okay. of them are rechargeable. A lot of people buy them for their kids when they're off at school, and they hmm. put a, they put their allowance in that's there. That's smart. Yeah, that is smart. No, but I mean that's just that's just good for online shopping. You know what I mean? Yeah. To have a yeah disposable no, card. No, I think like that's that. a really good idea. I'm going to have to look into. Yeah, that. We should I'm all do that right now. The, the, let's go. The okay, start marketing uh, tomorrow. More. You want to just go to the bank tomorrow afternoon? Well, let's go now. I'm hungry. Uh, banks are closed. Oh, forget it. But there might be a food bank open. Are there other okay. Yum. But obviously, other things to do, or you know, if you if you don't want to have your your uh, privacy compromised, you know, if you it doesn't cost that much to get a PO box and use that address instead of your That's home true. address, and um, you you can. Or al- you could have just spent the money and played DC Universe. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm no, and the the other thing to or do you just read the comics. The, uh, the really obvious thing obvious thing is. Do not use a reused password. Do not have one password for everything you log into because that's just – once you start getting mail – Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I, I get what you're saying, and, yeah. and that's true. And after the the big uh, – the io9 or Gawker was hacked, and yeah. um, uh, so I've changed my passwords on a lot of things. And you, you get complacent, especially if you become – more active you become online, you want to keep straight – you know, it, yeah. if you start commenting on places um, – you know, it, 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 you want to keep the password straight, so it, it, you started getting. I started getting complacent and reusing the same one, and it's like I can't. You know, because I I witnessed a Facebook hack while I was online with Facebook. Yeah, one and, thing you and could they do. They just told me, which was good. You know, it, you very can secure you now. can use some kind of mnemonic that's um, based on the site you're hitting, right? So if it's Facebook, you might think, you know, I chatter on Facebook, right? Or you, you use something that. <laughs> That is associated with that. I <laughs> no, no, just I mean, you use these kind of mnemonics. I'm not going to give yeah. you mine, but um, they're not quite that simple. Um, it's cheetah. Anyway. Che- it's cheetah. Yeah, they're um, like cheetah, the monkey. It's like what people do on Facebook. They cheat. Um, At word scraper. Yes. Oh, this, just, this in. just in. Osama bin Laden cheated on Facebook. Wow. Yeah. He saw MySpace. He was he had a MySpace account. What? No, I don't Does this get it. mean we're running out of things to talk we about? We are running out of things to talk about, so let's just go, shall we? Lon's hungry, and I'm down with that. So, if you have questions, comments, comments, compliments, commentary. Let's just in. Uh, we're leaving. By the way, we should point out, of course, in two weeks, uh, Supercon. No. Uh, no. Big, uh, wow. Sorry, big Wow. Big Wow. Big Wow. <laughs> no, 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 because it was Supercon. Let's just in. It's changed to Big Wow. Big The Big Wow comic show in San Jose on May, May 21st and May 22nd. 
Anna and the lovely people here at Elusive Comics Games will be running the gaming uh, events there. Oh, they're not going to be dancing like she Is was. That going to be like no? casino? That's like yeah, no. It's on. Oh no, it's, it's on. It's- now it's on. Now it's we'll on. have uh, we'll have gaming demos of RPGs like D and D and Pathfinder and uh, Serenity, and we'll have D and D. Sorry, we'll have gaming demos of board games and card name card games like Flux and Poo and Nuts. And uh, wait a minute, there's going to be no. I won't. No, we're going to be flinging poo. It's too late. And uh, we'll be doing see board games, Talisman, Carcassonne, Catan, all the really popular games, and then we'll be having gaming. Um, tournaments for Magic the Gathering and World of Warcraft. All that and Jane Weedlin will be there. So. so. Be there. Stop crumpling that up. Rick this just read in. That later. Super Wow has poo and nuts. No. Flinging poo. Big Wow Comics Festival. Super Wow. Downtown Super San Jose <laughs> at the San Jose Convention Center. Looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. That's uh, www.bigwow.com I don't think it is. Yeah, it's... It, <laughs> I can't it, remember, but it's under Supercon. You can probably... Supercon. Supercon. <laughs> See, I was right with the Supercon. <laughs> but uh, that same weekend at downtown, at the, the downtown City Hall or Convention Center is also going to be a Pokemon convention at the exact same time. Oh, In the my exact same convention. Gotta get them all. But it is a separate convention with oh, separate Oh, my gosh. Thing. I suddenly know what's going to happen to me on that Saturday. Okay. Will there be Badoobies? There will be know. a doobie. Oh, okay, good. Uh, so, anyway, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. In the meantime, I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. Over to my right. Oh, you pointed to him. I so, did. Uh, I was, I'm tired and hungry. Are you switching it up this week? We could. I'm Lon Superwow Lopez. And I'm Rick Bretsnyder reminding you to use, use your, your powers only for doobies. And use the Amazon links. No one will ever hear that. <laughs> and thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com. I don't miss the outtakes, honestly, for when you threaten things like that. <laughs> I'm recording now. Dang it! Were you really? Yes. Okay, that, I one, said, I that, said, one, that one can go at the end, then. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Three, Jinx. Two. Listen.